fun fact for you guys. 65,000 coaches turned to get the pancake in 2019 for advice, volleyball drills, and coaching resources. That's like a lot of coaches. Whether they were looking for free stat sheet downloads, goal setting worksheets to use with their team, or just a fun warm up to start practice with, I'm proud to say, get the pancake delivered. In this past year, we've added tons of valuable information to getthepancake.com. New digital downloads, free handouts, and of course, more drills and tips. There's a lot planned for 2020, and I don't want you to miss it. If you want to continue growing as a coach, sign up for the Get the Pancake newsletter by going to getthepancake.com. There's a sign-up link at the top of the homepage. You can't miss it. Come and join our thriving community and let me help you have your best season yet. Hi coaches, this is Whitney Bartuk from Get the Pancake, a podcast for volleyball coaches. In today's episode, I'm going to be sharing what I believe is the top mistake that experienced volleyball coaches make. How did I come up with this, you ask? Well, it's because this is the top mistake that I make over and over again, and I know that there are other coaches out there who are in the same boat as me. Today, what I'm going to do is focus on sharing stories with you about how I myself have made this mistake because I love listening to podcasts and I've realized over the last week or so that the podcasts that make the biggest impact on me are the ones that share personal stories and even though my brain tends to wander as I'm listening to these stories, it's because I'm starting to relate those things to my own life and it helps me have sort of these epiphanies or realizations about what I can do to become better. And so in sharing my own stories, I've got a couple for you today. I want to help you realize maybe some of the mistakes that you're making or some areas where you could get better. So today's just going to kind of be a little story day. As a quick side note before we get started, a few people have reached out to me and shared that they want me to bring in more people and do interviews. If this is something that you're interested in, I'd really love it if you went to the Get the Pancake Facebook page. It doesn't have to be the group, just the Facebook page. Um, I'm going to post something asking for requests on who to have as a guest. So if there's someone specifically that you want to hear from, maybe it's a coach, maybe it's a trainer, maybe it's a player, maybe it's a nutritionist. It doesn't even have to be a specific person. Maybe it's a type of person. Maybe it's a group of people. If you have something that you would like to hear or something that you like to listen to on other podcasts, let me know and I can do my best to find a guest that kind of meets those requirements. And for all of you who are wanting more guests to come on the podcast, I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> so thank you for that feedback. I appreciate it. With that, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. The top mistake that experienced volleyball coaches make. As I've said, I am guilty of making this mistake not once, not twice, but over and over and over again. And I think it just comes with experience. And it's sort of like the more experience you get, the worse the problem gets. So the reason that I'm sharing this with you, now I know we have a wide variety of coaches that listen to this podcast. Some of you are brand new and some of you have been 
coaching longer than I've been alive. But the reason that I want to share this message with you is because after I make this specific mistake, I always, always, always have a lot of regret at the end of my season. And that just doesn't feel good because I know I could have done something about it and it shouldn't have happened, but it does. It always seems to come back no matter how how aware of it you are. So the top mistake that I see experienced coaches make, whether that's three years of coaching, 10 years of coaching, it's that we think we know everything. Or said another way, is that we assume that there's nothing left to learn. Now, don't get this confused with confidence. Confidence is great. In fact, walking into the gym with a lot of confidence is probably going to make you a better coach, going to make your players be better. It's like, oh, this coach knows what they're doing. I trust this person. And everyone can kind of get on board with what you're teaching. (laughs) And as I said, I'm going to share my own stories here in this podcast. But what I've found is that if you walk in thinking I have all the answers, you tend to skip planning. You don't put in as much effort You don't really learn new trends and ultimately you start to fall behind. I don't want that to happen to you. That's why we're talking about this today. While I want you to be confident, I don't want you to get to the place where you think, you know what? I know everything. I've got it all. So there's a fine line there. We're going to talk about that boundary. Something else that I found when I get into this place in my mind is that I also get lazy And I stop doing the little things that make a difference. I don't know exactly why that is. I've been thinking about it. We'll talk about it in a little bit. So, okay, let's just talk about a couple of different instances where I thought that I knew everything and then um, it didn't work out so well. (laughs) So I'm sharing my mistakes with you in the hopes that you hear these and you, maybe if you're on the same path as me, you're able to correct course Or maybe you'll hear this and think, oh, that'll never be me. But then next year, you'll start to feel these feelings. And hopefully, you can nip it in the bud right away. So, okay. The experience that stands out most in my mind, it's, I get it. I'm cringing just thinking about it because this was a horrible season. (laughs) And this was in my sixth season of coaching. Prior to this, I had won division championships. My school teams that I had coached, they were finishing first or second. And I felt really confident in my abilities as a coach. I mean, think about it. You're you're winning. Your players are getting better. All the parents, they love you. The other coaches in your program think that you're doing awesome. Like your head starts to get pretty big. I can tell you that. So fast forward to the next team that I have. This is my sixth season. And at this point, I had moved into a different state. So I was walking in with no understanding of how things had been done, what the history of this program was. All I had were my experiences with my last programs in a different state very far away. <laughs> so this is so embarrassing. I walked into the gym and I thought, I was something special. Like, Have you ever just had an experience where you're overconfident in yourself and then you just make a fool of yourself? So just take that feeling and kind of stretch it out over four months. And the embarrassment just keeps getting worse and worse and worse as you go. 
So that's what happened here. I walked in. I was going to be coaching a sophomore level team at a high school. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. The first time I saw them, I thought, wow, we've got some issues here. I'm like, you know what? That's okay. I've got this because I've had championship teams. We've placed first in our conference. I've taken players that didn't know how to play very well, and I made them really good. Basically, every concern that I had, instead of really digging down and trying to address it, I just kind of glossed over it with, it's okay. I'm such a good coach that that doesn't matter because I will make these players into champions. That's literally what I thought, you guys. Because up until that point, honestly, that was sort of what had happened. And I remember specifically, you know, we were doing all our preseason practices and workouts and everything. And I knew that this team wasn't exactly at the level that they should have been at this point. But from where we started, a lot of the players didn't know how to play in positions or they just didn't really understand the rotation. There were a lot of players on this team. I had a pretty big roster. There were a lot of personality differences and little clicks that I hadn't experienced a team where the players didn't get along in the past. And I had also worked with players who were a little more experienced at this point in their career. Um, But for whatever reason, I thought, you know what? That's okay. This team is exactly the same as all the other teams that I've coached. I didn't know at this point that they weren't the same. And so we go through tryouts. We get the team. I teach them all the rotations. Everybody has a position. I've got a game plan. Yes, it was a little bit challenging, but... Before our first match, we have a scrimmage day where I have one team playing the other team. We play in front of the parents. And this was my first time meeting the parents. I had a parent meeting. And I remember after the scrimmage, I stood in front of all of these parents and all of the players. And I told them about all the championship teams that I had coached, how this team is, uh, we've come so far. We're going to have a great season In the past, this program did not historically win a lot at this level. I think the previous team had only won three matches in a whole season. I'm like, we're going to go out and we're going to win. I literally said this, you guys. I literally said, we're going to go out. We're going to win. That was my goal. The goal was not to get better or anything that it's quote unquote supposed to be. It was to go out and win. And I told these parents and the players that we were going to do that. I had absolutely zero worry in my mind. I was like, okay, well, they were bad when I got them. And now they were better. They weren't incredible, but I thought it was something we could work with, at least go in and win half the games. Now, remember that part about I was in a completely new state, new city, didn't have any historical context of the league, what the level of play was in this area. I just came in and said, you know what? I'm a championship coach. These guys are going to be maybe not champions, but we're going to win at least half of our games. And I'm telling these people, this is what's going to happen. And even after the scrimmage, after the meeting, parents came up to me and they were like, they were telling me, wow, the girls are so good. They didn't look anything like this last year. You've really done a great job with them. I could barely get my head through the door when I was leaving the gym. It was so big, so inflated. And and I'm just going to cut to the chase here. We won one match that entire year. And it was one of the most embarrassing seasons I've ever had personally But not only that, I feel so bad 
for those players because I feel like I did not give them the proper coaching that they deserved. And when you expect something, because I went in again thinking, I know everything. I know how to make you guys champions. And then when they're not meeting those expectations of the winning and everything that I was expecting, I got so frustrated and I didn't realize that it was my fault. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Again, winning isn't everything and I should not have placed my focus on what the outcome was. But that's what I did. And again, this is my sixth season of coaching a team. So I've gone through it a lot. And in the past, I had focused on goal setting and team building and kind of being scrappy. Places where I was coaching, you know, we had less than ideal practice situations, but we made the best out of not the best situation. This team, I stopped doing that. I stopped putting in that extra effort because I thought this winning and everything and coaching comes so naturally to me. I don't need to put as much effort in. Man, what a mistake. And I've talked about that season a lot in other episodes and in articles on Get the Pancake. So I'm not going to talk about it much more, but I just want to share my own frustration in myself that I didn't continue to learn and to challenge myself. I didn't recognize, okay, there are different challenges facing this team. I need to learn more about team building. Team building is really easy when everyone gets along, right? But when people don't get along, trying to do your normal team building exercise is almost going to drive the wedge between players further because then they just separate more. And I talk about that in another podcast episode. It's called My Players Don't Get Along, Please Help. I'll include a link to that if you are having issues with players getting along. But this is what I've learned based on all of these experiences that I've had. But my biggest mistake there was that thinking that I had everything under control. I skipped doing things that I knew had worked in the past because for some reason, I sort of separated that those are the steps you need to take to be successful and thought it was just me. And I thought I was the one that made those teams into championship teams. And it's not necessarily just you. It's the tools that you use. It's the research that you do. It's the extra time planning that you put into practices. That's what makes championship teams, not just you having a bunch of knowledge in your big head. (laughs) Okay, so that's my first um, embarrassing experience. Probably the worst season that I've had as a coach. So now you know about it. (laughs) Hopefully... While I don't want you to identify with that entire story, um, I hope that helps you recognize maybe there are some ways that you're approaching coaching that sort of line up with that. And I hope that causes you to take a step back and reassess because when you realize you're making a mistake in the middle of the season, you can pivot. It's not going to be as great as making those changes in the beginning of the season. But if you realize now, at least to sort of correct course, you'll feel better at the end of the season. You'll probably have more success um, versus just staying down that path and winding up with an absolute mess. (laughs) So that season happened. I learned a lot from it after reflecting. And then the next team I had tied for the division championship. That was a great season. So I did a lot of 
personal growth after that. But guess what? Then you think, oh, okay, well, now I know everything. <laughs> I feel so dumb sharing these things with you guys because honestly, I'm probably going to make this mistake again. Um, this is just your kind of reminder. If you feel like you're very comfortable in what you know, don't stop learning. best time to set goals with your volleyball team? The beginning of the season. The next best time? Today. Goal setting improves overall performance and positively impacts player motivation and confidence. Studies also report players feeling more united by the end of the season if they participated in goal setting. Just because you didn't use goal setting at the beginning of your season doesn't mean you can't shift gears and get into a new routine. Download the goal setting packet from getthepancake.com and watch as your team improves their focus at practices and kicks the season into high gear. Just follow the link in the show notes to learn more and get ready to have your best season yet. So anyway, my next story that I'm going to share with you is actually pretty recent. And actually, I just had this realization last night. And maybe it's just because I've been thinking about recording this podcast episode for a while, but I realized last night another mistake that I made in thinking that I know everything. I'm applying it to the rec program that I'm coaching in locally. I remember, actually it's on YouTube videos. I came in, I said, you know, volleyball isn't as popular here as it should be. Like there should be more people playing volleyball. And I'm not gonna lie, I do still think that that's true. However, I thought that by coming in and running things the way that I've seen them run in the past, that all of a sudden people would just appear. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how to explain it better. In my past experiences, come out, you do a good job. It does take a while, but eventually more and more people come out. But while I think having that confidence in growing the program is what is going to ultimately make the program grow... There's often a lot of backstory, and if you just come in thinking, oh, well, this isn't how it should be, I'm going to make it how it should be, you miss out on important details. And a lot of that can come to you through discussions with other coaches in the organization or maybe past coaches in the organization. And it's not the case here, but I've been in other organizations where maybe someone was there coaching before. And when you come in as the new coach, you're told, oh, this last coach was horrible. Again, I'm not talking about the situation I'm in right now, but this has happened in the past where parents or players be like, oh yeah, this coach was so bad. And you think, oh, well, I'm a good coach. (laughs) You know, the situation is going to be different now that I'm here. And it's possible that the last coach may be was too busy or had some other reason for not doing as good as they could have done. But coming in and just assuming like, oh, the last coach was a bad coach. I think that's a huge mistake having gone through it myself now because there's often a lot of stuff that we as coaches don't understand about the climate in that gym, in the city, in the region. And it's very possible that these parents are going to say that about you when you leave too, because if you don't come in and make the changes that they're expecting, 
then they're going to call you a bad coach, even though that's not necessarily true. So I talked about this in last week's episode about why parents get frustrated. And a lot of the times it's just because they don't understand how volleyball works. So a parent might say that a coach is a bad coach and then not elaborate anymore. But actually the coach was doing what they were supposed to be doing, you know, as a coach, like using rotations and subs and everything because not everyone could play all the way around. Or maybe they were subbing out their middle when the middle got to back row and the parents are thinking, why is the coach taking out Sarah? Sarah was doing so good. Oh, this coach is so dumb. They don't know what they're doing. But Sarah, even if she had stayed in, she would have been in back row and maybe she's a horrible passer. So it's a great idea to take her out. Coming into a new situation, especially when people are telling you how bad it was before, I really, really caution you, no matter what your confidence level is in yourself, don't come in thinking I am the solution. Because even though you might have a lot of positive things to offer this new position that you're in, there's probably a reason that things weren't successful in the past. And assuming that you don't need to dig into that because you know what you're doing, I think is a huge mistake and a huge missed opportunity for coaches to actually come in and make a difference by digging into what the problem was originally. Now, maybe you're smarter than me and you say, well, duh, <laughs> that's fine. Good for you. Um, I started coaching over 10 years ago. I've worked camps in schools, in clubs, doing private lessons. I feel like I've done just about everything that you can do as far as coaching goes. Not only that, but I get to hear from a lot of you coaches, you know, in the volleyball coaches corner, which is the closed Facebook group that we have. Um, and just through Instagram, I talk to a lot of you guys about your teams and I get to know what's working for you, what isn't. And so I feel like I am exposed to a lot of coaching information, but I am still making these mistakes. So I have a really good feeling that you're going to be making these mistakes too. <laughs> if you don't, good for you. I'm jealous. And while I think I am sort of opening myself up to potential criticism for these decisions that I made and the thoughts that I had, um, I'm sharing them because I think it's important for anyone who's listening to know that this could happen to you too. And I want to open your eyes to that before you, you know, really regret not doing as much as you could have done to have a better season or have a better experience coaching. So I'm willing to kind of throw myself under the bus to help you have a better season. I'm going to share a couple other quick stories with you. Um, and then we're going to wrap things up. And these are things that I've seen from other coaches. So again, top mistake, thinking that you know everything and just doing things the way that you've always done them. Maybe that worked in the past. Think like old school coaches. There's a certain way that they coach. But what worked in the past probably isn't going to work now. And the reason for that is not necessarily that the coaching style is bad or wrong, but our players are changing. The, the psychology of our players is different now than it was even five years ago. Players today, in my experience, have really, I don't want to say that they have technical anxiety, but they do have a lot of anxiety when they're on the court. We also have a in my mind, a bigger variety of parent expectations 
So some parents might think, well, everyone just needs to get playing time and this is for fun. This is just an extracurricular activity. And then on the same exact team, you have a parent who thinks that winning is the most important thing and only the best player should be on the court. And this can literally be on the same team. So if that's the parent's mentality, that's probably going to be shared by their player. And you as a coach have to find a way to find a balance that works with this mentality. I also encourage you to do some education and kind of get everyone on the same page, communicate with everyone about what realistic expectations are for the season. That way there's not a lot of extra frustration that doesn't need to be there. But what I'm trying to say is that even in my own experience, what worked for me the first season saying like, hey, let's go out and work on our, I'm over, I'm going to oversimplify of course, but saying, okay, we're going to work on our serve now. This is how you do a float serve. This is how you do a topspin. Um, go out, practice it, and then we'll figure out which one you like best, which one works best for you. And that's the one that we'll work on. That was my first year of coaching in 2008. Now, I feel like in most situations when I'm teaching serving, sometimes I've literally had players who wouldn't serve because they were embarrassed that the serve wouldn't go over. Like, hello, you have to practice it in order for it to go over. Like, you're not going to learn how to serve just by watching other people do it. You're not going to be an amazing server without first attempting to serve. But as I've said, these kids have so much anxiety about failing and not wanting to look stupid. And they also just don't want to get yelled at by the coach because some coaches yell. That's not me. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a good or bad thing. Um... But some coaches do yell, and that doesn't match up with some player personalities. So 10 years ago, when you could say, hey, this is what you're going to do, go figure it out, maybe they would ask some questions and get some more information from you, but they would go out and work on it. Now there are players that I've had to stand next to and just motivate, motivate, motivate. You can do it. You can do it over and over again. And they still maybe only try two or three times, and then they give up and hang their head. I'm not going to lie, that can be pretty frustrating, even for the most patient coaches. But that's just how things are changing. Complaining about it and saying, oh, well, back when I was playing, this is how things worked and I just did it. Like, okay, good for you, coach. (laughs) That's just not how it is anymore. Times are different. Players have a lot more extra pressure. There's a lot of social pressure. Players just don't feel comfortable making mistakes as much as they used to. And instead of complaining about it, we need to learn how to deal with that. So again, this all goes back to assuming that there's nothing left to learn being a top mistake of new coaches. We need to learn how to deal with that psychology of players. So one last example that I want to give you is the game is always changing. Okay, so thinking, I know everything. I know how to teach defense, for example. I was teaching my players how to roll. This was mm, a couple of years ago in a defense camp. I was teaching them how to roll. And, you know, that's the classic dive to the side, pop it up, and then roll over the shoulder. I loved doing that as a player, and I still do it. I think it's a valuable um, skill to have. But as I have now been educated by plenty of other coaches – Um, 
teams don't really roll anymore. And there are a couple of reasons for that. But ultimately, what it comes down to is now the new philosophy is that if you're rolling, it means you were in the wrong spot. (laughs) So, I mean, I can appreciate that. Instead of teaching how to dive last minute for a ball that we can barely reach, isn't it better to focus on being in the right spot so that we can pass the ball up? That makes sense to me. But again, going back to that main mistake, I thought I knew everything and said, okay, well, this is how defense works. When the ball isn't close to you, this is how you move to it. Instead of continuing to learn and understanding, okay, well, instead of this, let's try maybe adjusting our defense or learning how to read the setter, read the hitter, and making sure that we're in the right place before contact is made. That way, we don't even have to roll. And having get the pancake exposes me to this criticism a lot faster. So I'm thankful for that because there were a lot of coaches that I posted something about how to roll and immediately coaches were saying, you know, does anybody even teach that anymore? And man, talk about embarrassing. And I left it all up. I think it's a good conversation to have. I wanted to delete it because I was so embarrassed. And so in that instance, I did take what I learned and I immediately applied it. Um, I stopped teaching rolling. There's still diving and sprawling and everything that you can do that's a little more safer, a little more effective and accurate. But learning to be in the right spot at the right time is probably the most effective. And if you're not keeping your eyes open, talking to other people about things that are going on in volleyball, then you're going to miss out on opportunities to really level up your players and improve their game, improve your coaching and just improve the experience that everyone is having on your team. So we're going to wrap up a couple of suggestions I have for you. If you ever are feeling invincible, just take a step back for a second. Again, confidence is great, but we need to find that boundary between feeling like you don't need to put in extra effort or learn anything extra and knowing everything and feeling confident in your ability to identify like what's going on with a specific team How can you continue to get better? How can you continue to learn? Also, just opening up conversation with past coaches in your organization, getting a little backstory before you make judgments about how all of a sudden you're going to come in and change everything and it's going to be 10 times better. That might actually happen and I hope it does for you. That would be really cool. But get backstory, get some history on the organization. That way you can make better informed decisions to actually improve the organization instead of just coming in and thinking you'll sprinkle fairy dust everywhere and all of a sudden it's better. Another tip I have for you is just to really tune into your players, try and understand, you know, what motivates them, what are they afraid of, and try and coach them using that information. And then finally, just staying up to date with the sport talking to coaches in other clubs, maybe in other regions, reaching out through the Volleyball Coaches Corner, the Facebook group. You can learn so much from others online and coming into a group like that is going to expose you to new ideas. So for example, someone in the group was talking about three-step versus four-step approach and someone's comment was, I've never heard of a four-step approach. And maybe you haven't either. And maybe now, just now, because you are investing your time in learning about the sport, now you know about it. So by continuing to learn and never just assuming that you know everything, 
you're going to become a better coach because of it. And I hope that maybe through sharing my stories, you possibly identified some areas where you feel you are personally slacking a little or where you could improve. And that's okay. Everyone goes through the learning process and we're all in this together. So if you are listening, if you're trying to learn, I already think that you're doing a lot better than many of the coaches out there who are making that mistake of thinking that they know everything and operating as if there's nothing left to learn. Remember, go to the Get the Pancake Facebook page, leave me a comment, let me know if you want to hear from a certain type of coach, a certain type of professional on the Get the Pancake podcast interview style, I will do my best to bring on more guests so you can get a bigger variety of information with this podcast and so that I can learn some new stuff too. I love having conversations with people who know things that I don't. So why not get that started and record it, right? Thank you so much for listening to the Get the Pancake podcast. I would appreciate it if you could go and leave a review. This is going to help the podcast gain more exposure and reach more coaches. Don't forget to check out getthepancake.com for drills and more coaching tips. And with that, I will let you go and I hope to have you back for next week's episode.